Welcome to Between the Ears, the podcast that believes it's all in your head. This is episode two. You're about to hear an unscripted conversation about dreaming versus settling. Are there age limits on success? Can dreaming become unrealistic? Is settling always bad? These are very difficult questions. In each podcast, our goal is to reach some potential answers by the end for listeners. I'm Stack, and here is Z Stuff with the start of our show. You are never too old for success. My goodness, you've come out and just said it right then and there. You are so sure, and you're so positive. If you dream it, you can achieve it. All right, if I'm 70 years old and I need to keep working, and right now as we speak, the unemployment in America is just under 4%, which is the goal of our government, just at 4%. Uh, I My dream is to be a ballerina, and I'm going to, as 70 years old, audition to be a ballerina. I have no shot at getting that position. Why not? Do it. 70 years old? You're going to be a ballerina? How many people are 70 out there riding bikes, exercising, doing all types of sports? You're going to tell me that you can't put on a leotard and go practice to be a ballerina? So the 70-year-old potential ballerina, you feel it's realistic that they could audition for their local ballet company and potentially get a position? Why not? You have to start somewhere. I think that might be going a little high. Um I'm not sure if that's realistic, So, but should this person not have that dream? What we're talking about is dreaming versus settling today, and that's a beautiful dream for anyone, but it makes me laugh as I say it. But Z Stuff, you say that that's a realistic dream it that someone should have. Why not? Tell me why you don't think it's realistic. Why? Because they're 70 years old? Well, I, I actually created that off the top of my head, that scenario, because um, I thought it was so unrealistic um, given the age and that ballet is so um, constrained that they have to watch their weight and the hours of practice um, just because of the effects on the body uh, by age 70. Um, Heck, they don't even have people in their 50s or 60s or probably even 40s in most ballet companies uh, across America. How do you not know that this person isn't in good health and good shape? How do you know (laughs) that they're not agile and flexible and able to do all of this plie and curt? or whatever they do in ballet. So there is the essence of our conversation today is Z stuff is dreaming and I am settling. I am telling this potential hypothetic uh, 70-year-old decrepit ballerina um, that this dream is not going to happen. But she is is saying we got a dream. So that's why this conversation is so interesting is when should you not dream? It seems like you feel that dreams should never end and just never let them go. Just keep dreaming till the end of life. Well, now you've done killed the 70 year old because you crushed his dream of becoming a ballerina. I know. I mean, I am basically exhibiting ageism, I suppose, but I, I thought that was a realistic example at the same time. Uh, there's a lot more subtle forms of ageism that I know go on in workplaces across America. So yeah, I feel lousy now that, um, this is, you're telling me it's unrealistic that um, I, I got to I gotta let that person dream that I, I've just killed uh, this dream and uh, you said to let it go. Right. I, I feel way off base on this already. You should, as you should, because what if this 70 year old is sitting there and they're on their deathbed hypothetically at the same time, let's use it like that, and their dream is to become a ballerina. Now you're sitting here saying that they can't. Mm-hmm. What if that's all they're holding on to? And then you hear you come just being a dream crusher. Yeah. And then what do they have left? All right, I'm with you. So if we let if we let this person 
and I'm so sorry already to our listeners. I created this <laughs> this example. I, I thought she was going to shoot me down immediately. Um, if we let this seven year old work with this dream and continue to audition for ballet companies, what is the harm of having that dream? What is the downside? And I think it's only how that person perceives it mentally. If they feel great and they continue to be optimistic and they enjoy having that dream, there's probably no harm, right? There isn't. But I I picture somebody getting distraught, like somebody that goes on a ton of job interviews and can't get the job they want, that it depresses them, that they're really troubled by that. Um, So I, I feel like I'm being protective of somebody if their dream is unrealistic to speak some sense to them at some point. You're a realist. I'm always a dreamer. But I do see what you're saying. You don't want them to sit there and have any high expectations and then be let down. And honesty is the best policy, but I just feel like there's no harm in dreaming. Why not? But what you're saying is I shouldn't be the one to take away that dream for that person, that person themselves. If that dream is going to go away, it should be that person themselves that decides not to dream. Yes. Why are you going to sit there Mm -hmm. and be a dream crusher? Why? Why? Well, I'm reflecting on my childhood and probably many childhoods across America, if not the world. I picture parents telling kids forever, oh, you're not going to be an actor or an actress or a firefighter or a major league baseball player or all these things. That's what responsible parents do because they want their kids to be safe, to not be hurt in the world, and to make a good living. Dream crushers. You want to know why? Because now you're sitting there putting them in a box saying that they're going to sit here, grow up, and have to deal with some nine-to-five job. And this is what society deems fit. And this is what, as a parent, I deem fit. What happened? Let them dream. What if they do turn around and become the next Derek Jeter? What if they do turn around and become the next Morgan Freeman? Yeah. Then what? So parents are wrong, generally, about this is what you're saying. Yes. They shouldn't be dream crushing the poor child. This this protective motherly sort of instinct has got to be fought as a parent, possibly. I think as a parent, I understand that you want to protect your child, but it's to a certain extent. Why? Now, okay, if they're a singer and they're not really good at singing, then maybe you should try to steer them in a different direction. Just don't turn around and be like, oh, hey, your singing sucks. Let's not, you know, I don't want should to be you, Beyonce. That's an awesome example. Should you, con- should you continue paying for lessons for the clearly off-key Beyonce wannabe <laughs> and spend that money week in and week out? <laughs> At some point, as a parent, should you stop committing your resources uh, for your child to do that when you know it's not going to have an end result that's good? I think that's something the parent needs to take into consideration. And as the parent, they have to find the best way to let them know that that's not the career for them. However, maybe they can um, do something else that they're good at. I am buying you drinks later today. <laughs> I, I came into this podcast as a pessimist, and now I feel like I'm floating on a cloud and all dreams got to roll on and nobody should stop dreaming because there just isn't a lot of downside to it. But mainly, this is why I've drawn the conclusion already, you've won me over in seven minutes on this podcast uh, to exactly your position on dreaming. It's the journey and not the destination, isn't it? So if this little off-key Beyonce wannabe, my new example, (laughs) loves the lessons, loves the singing, 
just loved doing it, you should let him keep doing it. No, I didn't say that. No, no. you won me over. Now I did you're not say that. Now no. you're taking me the other way. I didn't say that. What I said was, you're not gonna sit here and spend all that money to sit there and make them continuously think that they're Beyonce when they're really off key. Try to steer them in a different direction. Emphasize other talents. That I got they you. Have. But then I can't believe now I have to argue against the position you had uh, before. Now that you've won me over and I'm floating on my cloud, I, I feel like I'm going to fall off my cloud now of happiness. I hope you have a ladder uh, to catch you or something. <laughs> <laughs> if, why is the parent paying for these singing lessons if it's not just for the pure enjoyment of their child? If that parent is paying for the singing lessons because it has to end up with them having a musical career, that's that's a pressure you're putting on the kid and maybe not the right motivation for those classes. Hmm. That is true. What do you think? I There was some silence on there the was. other end of this microphone. Yeah, so. there were crickets for the simple fact that you are correct in that respect. I mean, you hey. don't... Have you ever had to let a dream go in life? I have. Tell me a dream you had to let go. A dream that I had to let go. I wanted to be a journalist. You wanted to be a journalist. I did. And I let it go because of my own fear. Mm. I just, and I always wanted to be a news reporter too, because I always wanted, I love journalism and I love writing and I, and I'm nosy and I love being nosy. So I felt like, oh wow, these reporters are nosy and this all ties into what I want to do. And then I was like, I realized um, I'm camera shy and can't do this. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. How old were you when you gave it up? You clearly didn't have to give it up, but you chose to give it up. I did choose to give it up. I, how, how old do you think you were? Um, I was like maybe, what, 18? Okay. And you did you make that decision on your own, or you felt like you were shepherded to that decision by a helpful parent or, or someone else? No, I made that decision on my own. My mom was always supportive of that. She still thinks I should sit here and become a journalist or an artist or that's just the type of person I am. So so at the outset of this podcast, you, you pretty significantly said, don't give up your dreams. But then you told me you've given up an important dream to you. Yes, that was my choice. That was a choice that I made because of my own insecurities and fear. Not because anyone told me that I couldn't do it. I told myself I couldn't do it. So do as I say, not as I do, is what you're telling me. Yes. It's easier to give that advice uh, than, uh, than take it. It's always easier to give advice than it is to take your own advice. So you've gone from dreaming versus settling. You, you gave up that dream, and do you feel like you settled to do something else? Yes, I've settled for the nine to five everyday job. All right, so you didn't you didn't give up your dream of journalism and create a new dream in the professional sense. You instead downgraded to a settling type of thing. Yes, which is something that I never wanted to do. All right, and it sounds like you you settled for practical reasons, which I think right. Yes. All right, money, you know, security, that kind of thing, and that's pretty common. And I think that's why people settle at all different points in their lifespan for things for very good and practical reasons. Uh, so one of our questions is, is settling always bad? Do you think, so do you think it was bad that you settled in this way? I don't think it was a hundred percent bad. I think I had, you have to do what you got to do in order to survive. And that's mm -hmm. what I did. I need to survive. I have rent. I have other bills. I need to eat. So I have to do that. 
But it doesn't mean that I can't on the side start to live my dreams again. Oh, I like that. So that the dream is still there is what we've just learned. Yes. Yes. Got it. Now I gave up a dream and I've probably given up several, but the most obvious one, like a lot of little boys, I wanted to be a major league baseball player. So I thought that was a great thing to do. And somewhere along the line, I think around high school age, I stopped playing baseball. I gave it up. I gave up the dream. I think I got on a team that I was on the bench or like you, I felt like I wasn't good enough. I couldn't do it. I had a crisis of confidence, I think, at, at somewhere along the line. It is very hard to jump back into your high school brain. At least it is for me. My goodness, as a teenage boy, it's hard to go back there. But Never too old to go back there. <laughs> a funny thing happened that years later, I was 29, I got upset that I gave up that dream and it was probably always in my subconscious. And I went back and played in a semi-pro kind of adult baseball league for two years. And the first year I was playing so well, I was hitting over 300. I had delusions I was going to get drafted by Major League Baseball at age 29. And then the second year, we switched from aluminum bats to wood bats like professional players use. Mm -hmm. And I... I realized I wasn't maybe that good and I ended up stopped playing. Um, but I felt satisfied that I did pursue my dream. So I'd given it up, but I never really gave it up. It was in me subconsciously. And then I took another shot at it at age 29 and 30. Right. Mm -hmm. And now I feel at peace with it because I feel like I really tried. I really put it into action. And now I know I wouldn't have been in the major leagues. But I, I played again in a more competitive atmosphere, and I, I feel like I, I gave it all I could. And I was very comfortable, very comfortable to move on to other dreams in life. And I, I think I immediately started a company, um, age 31, age 32. No, right around age 30, actually. I never, I never realized that at this, until this moment, that right around the time I stopped playing baseball was when I started my company. So I, I traded one dream for another. Right. But you never stop dreaming. You're never too old to dream. Mm-hmm. Now, settling. You said you settled, though. And one of our questions is, is settling always bad? So right now I'm feeling like the way you settled, and I think our listeners probably do too, they're all screaming, why did you give up that journalism dream? You shouldn't have, and you shouldn't. And you settled. And we know the practical reasons that you settled for. Is settling always bad? In this case, no, because then I had another dream and I approached somebody about this dream and this dream seems to be on the move, so to speak. So, I mean, I left one, thought of another, and that one's coming to fruition. So we both both exchanged one dream for another, right. not that you can't have multiple dreams. I like that. So maybe we're, we're misjudging what settling is sometimes. Um, we're both saying we're shifting shifting dreams, which is good. Want to share what's going on between your ears, listeners? Tweet us at Between the Ears. Now back to our conversation. So can dreaming ever become unrealistic? We're both aligned right now that dreaming is great, but can it ever become unrealistic? I guess in that 70-year-old ballerina's case, possibly, because you don't know what problems they might also have. 
sitting here thinking about it, they could have emphysema, COPD, they could be dropping dead from something, and then... Oh, now you're just practicing ageism. I mean, I'll, I'll even stick with... <laughs> I'll stick with a very fit 70-year-old person. It, it just, from a realistic standpoint, a statistical standpoint, they just are not going to be accepted by a ballet house given... Um, what a ballet roster looks like for better or for worse, unless it became some sort of interesting crowd draw or financial benefit to a ballet house, which would be interesting. It actually would make a very good movie, I think. <laughs> what if they opened up their own little ballet school for the little elderly people to go? Yeah. <laughs> I, so I, I think giving up dreams on your own terms is good. But you said something earlier about, you know, with the singing lesson, example we're using for the wannabe Beyonce to maybe try to allow those lessons to continue, but to try to steer that child in a different direction or be exposed to other things. If we think someone else's dream is unrealistic, should we be trying to influence those people to abandon that dream or to pursue other things? Or should we just let them dream on? Uh, that's a tough question because then it would go against everything that I was saying, but you don't want them to be heartbroken in the end. And if they can't hold a note, then that was my rationale for the 70 year old ballerina who it was not, you know, likely right. to work out. But again, the journey over the destination, why not let them dream? But, you know, so the person's going to give up the dream at their pace on their own terms, if it is unrealistic or surprise the heck out of us and make us more open-minded. But should we along that path be trying to influence them to reach that decision? Or should we just let it happen naturally? As a parent, I think you possibly should influence them. You don't want to crush them. Like I said before, you don't want to sit here and say, oh, they can't be whatever they choose to be. But sometimes you got to kind of steer them into something else. And if it's if parents have a tough job to begin with, plus they're the ones paying for it. So it really, it's dependent upon the parent if they want to continue to allow their child to live out that dream and then figure out that they kind of suck and go somewhere else. Or if they want to steer them and expose them to different things. Children are just so full of potential. So they suck one day and then they, you know, in youth, they work at it. I think it's harder not to intervene, and I think most of us are bad at this, with our friends, our close friends. We love giving each other advice. We love interfering in each other's lives or telling them what can happen or can't happen. And we're really, I, I don't know if it's always productive for our friends. Um, who needs friends like that, right, um, that, that are going to do that? I, I think we're guilty of violating everything we just talked about with our friends. What do you think? I agree. I do. Sometimes you have to, you give them false hope as a friend. But if you're someone like me who really doesn't think before she speaks, she just tells the truth. So it'll work out. Well, we do it with good intentions. <laughs> I think most people do it with good intentions. A true friend is doing it with good intentions. Right. It's never, it's never from a place of harm, always from a place of good, how, however cliche that is. But I do think other people are feeding false hope to their friends and not really giving them the truth. So I think it's kind of shitty at the same time because you are giving them a dream. Yeah. A false dream. So it, I guess it's dependent upon the situation with me. It's always dependent upon the situation because what I would do and what you would do are two different things. Mm -hmm. So maybe what we really need to do with our friends is to encourage them to dream more. Uh, maybe too many people are 
as Emerson said, consumers on this earth instead of producers, they aren't advancing things. Um, and we need to inspire our friends or, or at least ask them, what are your dreams uh, to see if they settled or their dreams have gone away? What do you think about that? That's a deep question. I think that will make them think about their life in retrospect and, and just really go from there. In uh, episode one, uh, I read from a, a book on humanitarianism uh, versus uh, military activism. So we decided that in each podcast, we'll have a brief reading from me. So today's reading, applicable to this topic of dreams and settling, is Nelson Mandela, A Long Walk to Freedom. Everyone knows his story. And Nelson Mandela says, it is what we make out of what we have, not what we are given, that separates one person from another. And this man, when he was in prison for so long, didn't have a lot to work with, but he continued to dream which was an amazing thing. And his life is amazing. Um, it is the anniversary of some of the changes that happened in South Africa due to him. So I think Nelson Mandela, I would very hesitatingly uh, speak for him, would agree with the dreaming, not to give up the dream, but he seemed like a realistic dreamer. And I'll read one more thing from A Long Walk to Freedom on page 390. Uh, our survival, he's talking about when he was in prison, depended on understanding what the authorities were attempting to do to us and sharing that understanding with each other. It would be very hard, if not impossible, for one man alone to resist. I do not know that I could have done it, gotten through it, he means. I could have done it had I been alone. So dreaming is difficult if you don't have support of others, is what I'm thinking from listening to Mandela and how he survived his prison experience. And instead, we both agree with the description that as friends, we're probably telling each other more what to do and dampening dreams when we probably need to lift each other up more. So, you know, I'm I'm more positive on dreaming from this podcast already. And now I'm starting to think I've been a lousy friend. <laughs> I don't know if you've been a lousy friend. You're just a realist. You, you know, this is the reality. You, this, this, and this, and you're going to make it happen. But it doesn't mean that you're not dreaming at the same time that you're being realistic when you think about it. Yeah. Well, we've used settling, you know, as the contrasting term to dreaming. And one of our questions is, is settling always bad? Settling felt like to us as a dirty word that's settling. Oh, that's, that's, that's lousy. You gave up something. You couldn't achieve something. You're not good enough. There's a lot of judgments that come with that. But is settling always bad? Is it a dirty word? Um, I'm trying to think of a positive interpretation of settling. Maybe I don't think so. You can't think of one? I don't think that it's a dirty word. You don't think it's a dirty After word? After talking about this, no. Because when you say here and you really think about it, I settled and I gave up my dream as a choice mm. to, because I have to live. I have to live regardless, no matter what. You have to survive. And as humans, that's our first instinct, survival. However, I, although I settled... I still am pursuing a dream. So my settling possibly led me to where I am now. When you think about it. Do you think you control your future life? Do you think there's a higher being, a God, or something else that's guiding things? I do. I believe in that to the fullest. I believe in God. I believe in the fact that everything happens for a reason. There's no such thing as co coincidence. And... What you do today will affect you tomorrow. So if you settled, that action was, you know, by our interpretation, maybe a lateral move or even a step back. Mm 
but it is a move. It is an action. It's not just being inactive. And that, that could lead to something else that's unexpected is what you're saying. Yes. I I definitely think that's exactly what can happen. And so many people view it in a negative connotation, but when you when I'm sitting here talking about it, I'm like, hmm, maybe it's not because it wouldn't lead me to where I am today. So maybe settling is really pivoting. That's a buzzword in Silicon Valley and business that you pivot, you you change. And that's what we're talking about, that a lot of actions that we might self-describe as settling, it's simply simply our linguistic use of the, the word settling. It's really pivoting. It, it's just making a different move. It's changing strategy. It's changing tactics. Um, so I, I, I'm thinking it's not always bad from you. You've convinced me on that very quickly already too. It's not always a bad thing and it's been good for you. Yeah. It actually turned out great, better than what I thought it would. Honestly, I didn't think, I didn't think about it until now when we're having this conversation. So yeah, I like that word too though. Pivot. Now our, I think the classic sort of settling that I, I have, a tough time saying pivoting for is parents. They get married. They have one income. They have two incomes, whatever. A lot of homes have two incomes, but not Mm -hmm. all of them. And then they have a child or two or three and they get a mortgage. And now it's not settling, but risk taking seems off the table. You know, if you, if you want to have, a big result or something amazing to happen in life, whatever something amazing is to you, you have to take chances or take some risks. So the risk taking seems to come out of life. And I don't know if that's settling, um, but the risk taking seems to come out of life as people develop families. I don't think so. No, I don't think you should be jumping off a cliff knowing that you have kids and putting yourself in that predicament. Well, they do the opposite. They, they don't jump anywhere. Um, They just play it safe, so to speak play it safe to keep the same income occurring. I'm thinking in the workplace, not to change anything. They don't want to jeopardize or put at risk their spouse or their house. They have things to lose. In other words, they're not as mobile potentially. And these are big generalizations, but stereotypes. But I think there's enough of a trend of people that the risk taking kind of goes out of life. And that's, that's why we asked about the age limits on success with age comes these typical life transitions for a lot of people um, taking on assets like houses and cars and children that makes people not risk takers. I do think people settle once they have a family because you do have to be more responsible, but I don't think you should give up your dream. If you have a dream and if you can figure out a way to make it happen, then go for it because that move can actually move you up. Although, yes, there's a downside. It can always bring you back down and make your situation worse. But there's that chance. What what if? Like, are you always going to live for that what if? Are you going to actually make that move and see what's going to happen? For, yeah, for some people, I think it's what comes after the dream because their dream was to, to get married. Their dream was to get the house instead of renting or, you know, whatever, or the house they wanted. So this is what comes after the dream or probably more what I'm thinking about is people have multiple dreams. Their dream was to have a family with children, but their dream was also to become whatever it was and whatever career they're chasing. So it's like one dream puts another dream on hold by achieving it. I I think it just gets complicated. I think 
It does get complicated, but I think a lot of actors and actresses actually achieve success in their late 30s, early 40s. I know Tina Fey was one of them in her in her late 30s. I think Jackie Chan was one of them as well, if I remember sure, correctly. Yeah. I mean, they achieve success later years. So I'm really mislabeling people as settling. We are a society mislabeling people as settling when really they're achieving their dreams or they may have dreams deferred like you're giving examples of in the entertainment world. I think settling just has a negative connotation. And I really think people don't realize that the more you say it, the more you become that. So, oh, well, this is what my life is. So that's it. No, it's not it. If you really have something, go for it. Go for it because you only have one life. So I think what we need to do is create a positive connotation for settling instead of what we're talking about because we both came in with a negative connotation on that. Maybe it's, I don't know, everything on hold. You're not really settling, but it's on hold. You're on pause. How about Life when, is paused. How about when we settled in America, we settled the Western frontier. People moved from the East Coast and they settled the Midwest and eventually the true West all the way out to the ocean in Oregon, Washington, California. That settling's positive. That settling sounds adventurous, doesn't it? It does. See, that's a positive way to put it. So if we could look at settling that way in life, that, oh, look at that family that settled in. They have everything. They have their house. They have children. They're settlers. They achieved one of their dreams, right? Right. That's uh, not a bad idea. It's like a mind warp for me right now to think about settling differently. Let's, let's not go any further than settling because, you know, this could take a wrong turn and we could be negative somewhere. So let's enjoy the settling. Oh, th this has been a very <laughs> uplifting and positive podcast for us, I can tell you, and I, I hope uh, for everybody listening. So we're really just down to, are there any age limits on success? However you define success. Are there things that we cannot achieve, dreams that we might not be able to get, because of age. Does age make us dream differently? Will the dream not even come up of someone being a ballerina at 70 because of age? We don't even have to worry about how we handle her dream. Uh, it just wouldn't come up. Are we age limited for success? No. That's my answer. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. No. Because you just said something that caught my attention. Hmm. Maybe at 70, it's not about being the ballerina. That dream to them probably is out the window, but who's to say they don't have another dream, a, a, a dream that's not really going to um, break their back in any type of way. Right or wrong. You, you said it yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, no. No, I'm thinking. I, I just, I see such examples in the workplace of people treated differently when they get towards retirement or, you know, you're, you're talking about entertainment, female actresses over the age of, 50. Uh, there's not as many jobs. The, just the dreams seem to change. It seems like something changes with age involuntarily and um, breaking through such barriers are a lot more challenging. Change is inevitable. Yes, it is. Einstein said uh, life is like a bicycle. You stop uh, moving, you're going to fall off. Oh, is that like Forrest Gump when he said life is like a box of chocolates? <laughs> you never know what you're going to get? No? Okay. Might be. I don't know. <laughs> Forrest Gump. Haven't seen that Look in a while. Look at that. See? Listeners, want to share what's going on between your ears? Tweet us at Between the Ears. Now back to our conversation. So what we've learned today, 
I think we learned that dreams should never die, right? Right. Was that a James Bond film? I, I think so. Something like that. It sounded like that. No matter how realistic a dream becomes, we should do what? Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. And when those unrealistic dreamers are around us. Let the haters hate. <laughs> we will not burst their bubble. Right. We can't. And we should probably know the dreams of all our friends. If we haven't asked, we probably should. We should, but I don't want to know all of them. You know? Like, you don't want to know all of them? No, no, no. No? You said all, but I don't want to know all of everyone's dreams. What, what are you worried about? I don't know what kind of dreams they might have. I mean, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want nobody telling me they're going to sit here and be like an exotic dancer. I mean, you know, if you're a little chubs around the gut, I don't want to have to sit here and lie to you and be a good friend. You, you may learn too much. You may, <laughs> right? You may be put in a position where you you really are stretched on these things. Right. We talk. It sounds like there could be some examples where you may have a tough time applying these sort of things. Yes. So, um, F. Scott Fitzgerald, before he died at age 44, he had a line that was among his notes in his novel, The Last Tycoon, that went like this. Would my life no longer be about opportunities and instead consist largely of consequences? He was asking himself this as he got older and things were changing. And it was about, about age. Um, and uh, that novel was not published because he, he died. It, it was later kind of put together and finished. But he was pessimistic. And it must have been in a pessimistic moment he wrote that. Would my life no, no longer be about opportunities and instead consist largely of consequences? That doesn't change the way I feel from everything we talked about. Does it change it for you? No. But it does, to me, recognize what can happen to all of us when we stop dreaming. We settle. I thought we said settling wasn't a bad thing. There's, that's the only word I could come up with. <laughs> oh, we have work to do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, listeners, thank you for checking out our second podcast. You've been listening to the Between the Ears podcast. If you have a future topic idea or just want to interact with us, tweet us at Between the Ears. Thank you.